Hello and welcome to FamPow TV, weekly recap for television. We are here to talk about Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, Cloak and Dagger. Nailed I forgot it. that one because I hate it. And back for season three, Preacher, which I was going to watch and I didn't. So Monica is going to tell us about it. You I'm your host Kenneth, me, and bro. around the table we have Cloak and Dagger aficionado Beatrice. Yes, I'm here. I'm hot. And, and Preacher pal Monica. Well, at least you can alliterate. It's my favorite thing. Um, but before we get we were into that, to be preacher pals. someone let you down. Yes, it was you. It was me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before we get to that, we have news of the week. Ant-Man and the Wasp <laughs> come out. This weekend. This, this Thursday. Weekend. Mm-hmm. I will not see it opening night. And Why? it breaks my heart. I'm going to be birthday camping. Oh. Yeah. You want to go see it opening night? Yes. Yeah. You've betrayed me. We're going to come to birthday camping and just make faces at you. I will kick you down a hill. I swear <laughs> oh to God. Oh my God, Kathy, you won't believe it. Everyone died. <laughs> new Ant-Man, new the Wasp. <laughs> I mean, I, I would definitely believe that half of everyone died because that's a reasonable, yeah, yeah <laughs> Ooh, ending I wonder, to that. I wonder how the snap's going to play into it. I would bet it won't. I also would I, bet that it won't. I'm going to say it happens three quarters through the movie. I'm throwing my hat over that fence. I'm As saying well. the stinger. The stinger is the snap. Nope. Nope. That's okay. wrong. Nope. Yes. Oh my god. Stop touching things. I can't. Oh, there I am. Oh, yep. Okay. Anyway, I say the stinger is the snap at the end of the film. I could see that. And yeah, that's because, how because we I get... This one has to lead right into Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, Captain Marvel's in the 80s, though. So, how would you lead into that? Time Unless you're like does. Huey Lewis. Uh, I, don't right? I don't know. Some sort Huey of thing. Lewis. Do you get it? Going back in time? No. Anyone? No. Mm-mm. No. Who's Huey no. Lewis? Huey Lewis. <laughs> Nailed it. Yes, it's so hot. Anyway. <laughs> we also want to talk about, uh, we watched the How It Should Have Ended for Infinity War, and it was great and hilarious. It was magical. They just, I don't know, like, every... I think, I think baby Thanos was my favorite. Yeah. And <laughs> just Tony showing up, and Pepper like, what? Oh, God damn it. I got you this baby. It's purple and has a big chin. The end. That, that was the whole thing. I, I I liked that they had five ways that actually made a lot of sense for how it could have ended. Yeah. Or how things could have gone down. Because, mm-hmm. like, legit, where the fuck was Wong? And why didn't we use more of the portal powers? And, like, I don't know. It was kind of annoying. It's fine. It's a movie. Yeah. It's, it's always it's always a good time to make jokes, but then you're like, oh, yeah, that, that makes sense. Oh, damn it. And then it's right. like, ugh, poking holes. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's the problem you get when you have someone who is freakishly power powerful with four stones versus a lot of very other powerful people. Like it really shouldn't play out over a 10 minute fight. It's going to end one way or another in like 20 seconds. Yeah. So if you haven't seen it, watch it. It's fun. It was fun. Gets that, uh, Bampow stamp of approval. Thumbs up. Yeah. Three of them. Six. Cause there's three of us. Nailed it. Also, who the fuck has a third thumb? Oh no. Oh, I, it's I, so hot. I've been keeping a secret. <laughs> it's so hot. You just like take your foot off. And there's a <laughs> third take hand. My foot off. Yep. It's so hot in here. <laughs> no, if I had I hands think, for think, feet, that'd be pretty cool. That'd be pretty if cool. If you had hands for feet, we wouldn't be fucking roommates, number one. And also, I think our brains are cooking. <laughs> we'll so let's jump into uh, Luke Cage, season two, episode two, where. 
I don't know, his stupid dad shows up more, and I hate that guy. And mm. I need... Oh, no, I forgot her name. Claire. Yes, thank you, to get off Luke's back. Like, sometimes family's just shitty, Correct. and you don't need to yeah. build that bridge her with them. Her bullshit, I thought we were family, was such garbage. There's yeah. a difference between someone that you're forced to see, i.e. family TM, and the people that you choose to see. Yeah. Found family. No, what's family TM? Like trademark. Trademark. Like capital F family. Capital like your F, bio family. Like your bio family. Great. Get it together. Okay. Yeah. Wow, my bad for not knowing that. She okay. knew. <laughs> you two have your weird like foot hand thing going ah! on. I don't know. <laughs> she was gonna offer me a fist bump and snatched it back. Well yeah, because again. she knew you would just like pop a foot off and I'm go, going, Haha. I'm going to throw up. <laughs> I'm going to throw up. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, I can see now, because, like, they talked about Claire, or um, that actress whose name I'm blanking on, Rosario because Dawson? it's so fucking hot. Rosario Dawson talking about leaving the show and leaving the MCU, and she's not really, she doesn't really want to do this anymore. So I see they're starting to, like, build up the way in which they won't be together at the end of this season. Oh, I think but, she's going to get dead. Oh, no, I assume that she'd break Oh, up I assume up. they're just going to break Oh, up. no, because... They're not going to kill the night nurse. Uh... They better not fucking fridge her. What the fuck? I mean, the problem, like, she's starting you on missions with Luke, basically, without him even knowing. I, I think she's going to get dead. Let's bet. We'll see. Are you going to bet? 350. I bet you 350 she doesn't die. End of the season, she is dead. Doesn't die. End of the season. Okay. Ice cream money! I'm going to buy myself. Do I owe you ice cream money? You do. Do you owe me ice cream? No, money? you Maybe still owe be, me ice cream this money. This should be double or nothing, then. Double no, or nothing. I still want my ice cream money, regardless of how this shits <laughs> is, out. Is three fifty. Yeah. I owe you one set of three fifty. <laughs> I will square you. I owe you right one three fifty. You owe me a two dollars and forty eight cents for parking. I don't care. What? Oh, okay. <laughs> you square requested me yesterday. Why oh, didn't you put man, it in there? Oh man, I don't Forgot. care about this at all. <laughs> and I square requested so, you on Friday. I don't care. Did you just shush us? No you? one cares about your parking. No so one cares no about one. your magnet fishing. Money. Magnet fishing is lit AF. Let me tell mm, you. Disagree. Disagree. Found some bottle caps, bunch of screws. <laughs> so um, we're we're introduced to um, I don't remember anyone's name. Oh my god! Well, we get to describe them, and one of us will remember Mariah's daughter. Yes, thank you. Yeah, uh, Mariah's Tilda. daughter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who is a holistic. <laughs> Almost sort of naturopathic slash voodoo because she's so. Thank you for like saying a holistic and not an holistic. I appreciate you. Oh, that is that she's, is the correct pronunciation. Yeah. She's I not know. British. John Stewart says an holistic, and it used to drive me crazy. He's semi-British. Yeah. Britishish. No, he's Jersey. He's New York. He'll kill you. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Um. Yeah. She she's running a herb shop, basically. She's and, a holistic uh, doctor. And Bushmaster goes to her to get his <laughs> say, so juju juice. Monica and I talked last week about how we had to turn the closed captions on about halfway through because we couldn't understand the Jamaican dialect. So Love we, it. Right? Love the way in which they play inside of the English language. Me instead of I, him instead of he, you know, him protecting Brooklyn, me gone, stuff like that. Love it. Enjoying it. Um, Can't understand a fucking thing they're saying. We're too white. We are too white, and my ears aren't built for it, and, like, I want to know what they're talking about, and I got, like, every fourth word, and was, like, doing context, and then I was like, we're going to miss something. How, it's, how am I the least white person here? I'm not entirely sure. That's weird, because I'm 
glowing. It was reminding me of like when you go see Shakespeare, <laughs> it takes you a while yeah. for your brain to augment to that pattern. The of first speech. twenty minutes of any yeah. Shakespearean play, you're just fucking have no idea what's going yeah. on. Yeah, and we don't get them in twenty minute blocks. You get a five minute scene. Yeah, and then just it flops here back and there to, like, through the episode. American English, and then so, it flops back to Jamaican English, and it's like I don't know what's happening. But last last episode we watched with the captions on, and it was phonetic. Like yeah. they like it was word for word. But in this one, it was like they were translating. They whitewashed it into proper grammar. Oh, so when that's he was like, super weird. Like there would be a, like he would say something like, um, "I think the line in Jamaican was supposed to be um, the only you can't get Luke Cage dead." But they said it in like a Jamaican accent, Jamaican English. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something more like him, something Jamaican English, like mush together word, um, to be dead is how the, the sentence was. Mm-hmm. And in the captions, it was, you can't kill Luke Cage. Like, they, like, straight whitewashed the English. It was nuts. Which was a bummer. I really wanted to see it. <laughs> I wanted to see it. Yeah, I wanted to read it as I was hearing it to, like, That's so better strange enjoy that they would- it. Flip it between episodes it's though, since these so all weird. dropped at the same time. So weird. Well, so I'm, it just means it tells me they have a different closed captioner for every episode. Oh, okay, yeah, well, I, I can see that. Like, uh, brief tangent: when I was in LA, I like uh, interviewed for a job as a closed captioner for a local studio, and so they would they would have different people assigned to each episode. So that yeah. makes sense. To huh. me. Okay, and you're supposed to go off of the script for these. Is I um, I tried to apply for one. I was like, I would fucking do this job. Yeah, it'd be fun. Um, you're supposed to go, they like hand you the script and you're just supposed to kind of like plug it in and make sure it matches. And then if a little changes, like you adjust accordingly. Mm-hmm. But they straight up, this was like perfect American English on top of a Jamaican English with a Jamaican accent. And it was, it was yeah. lame. It was Yeah, lame. that's kind of boring. And a bit of a bummer because it's meant for people who can't hear the dialogue. Right, so, so they're I losing would... that part of yeah. the culture. Yeah. And so much of this show is about the culture of Harlem and the surrounding boroughs. Yeah. You, what, anyway. I listened to a really interesting podcast about um, interviewing this lady who did the closed captioning for a Step Up 2 and having to describe all the dance moves that they were doing. Oh, God. And it was super cool. It was I just like, mean. and, you know, like, blah, 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 runs up the wall, backflips, drops into the splits, flips around, and... Spins on head while <laughs> helicoptering legs. Yeah, like, apparently, like, dance mean, movies are the most difficult thing to uh, rather, caption. Rather than close captionings, you mean, is she doing the doing voiceover the, for people who are scene-paired? Clo- yes. So that is... That is close actu- captioning. Yeah. That's what it actually is. What we did is we did the captions. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay. Close captioning is the, the, the hearing. Oh, interesting. For people okay. who are blind. Okay. That's crazy. Yeah, it... Sound like a big old hassle. Because I did, um, I once upon a time turned those on accidentally while I was watching some movie, and it was something like, she crosses the room, she turns off the light. And yeah, it was it's really, really interesting. interesting. It yeah. crazy. Anyway, uh, we had to turn the closed captioning on because we're very white, and we didn't understand, and we wanted to better understand what was happening. Yeah, I didn't want to just try to guess from context. I wanted to get, like, all of it. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of a bummer. We'll have to test it out next time and see if it's back to the Jamaican Yeah, maybe they or not. flip between everyone or something. Well, I will write them a strongly worded email. Yeah. Do it. I will. Okay. Yeah, but uh, oh, I would say back to Luke and Claire's argument. I think you're right in that we're moving toward them breaking up or at least drawing a wedge in between them, but it feels so 
shitty and not organic. Like, it doesn't feel like it's coming from a real place. It feels like they're fighting about nonsense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which Although, even at the end of this episode, though, when Claire goes to Luke's dad's church and is listening to him talk about the, the two wolves uh, allegory, mm-hmm. I, I kind of feel like she's trying to reconcile it and would go back to him in episode three and be like, hey, this was pretty stupid for us to argue about. We should be happier. That is not what I got from that scene. <coughs> oh, Based weird. Based on the trajectory okay. of their fight, she's going to go back to him and give him some, like, not for Claire. Claire's a good person, but the writers are turning her into something we don't recognize. But they're going to put her up on the dumb high horse, and she's going to give him some lecture about how he's feeding the violent wolf and not the peace-loving wolf. And he needs to start thinking about not doing that. And it's just going to be more her not really understanding him, even though... For 15 episodes, she's gotten him pretty well. Mm-hmm. A little mad about it. I almost believe the family argument, I would take that as an organic, actual breakup conversation. Because <clears throat> more so than her lecturing him on the type of hero he's going to be. Because she's been with all the other ones, like she gets it. Mm-hmm. So I would take the whole, like, I miss my dad and we had a great relationship and you should try harder because I miss him every day. And just not wanting to understand that some dads aren't great, some dads suck ass, and you oh, yeah. should not spend time with them, and that does not make you a bad child, choosing yourself. Yeah. And I would get them breaking up over that. Well, that's something I had a hard time coming to terms with, with my parents, and just growing up having, you know, overall pretty solid parents. Like, we yeah. had some teenage rocky years, because I was kind the of a shitty are kid. Oh, yeah, um, are all yeah. No one yeah. at this table is escaping yeah. from this. The <laughs> entire time you fight with your parents when you're a teenager, teenager it's definitely your fault. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yes. And I, I regret that. Um, but it's, it's hard for me sometimes to connect with people who have really shitty parents because I just fundamentally can't understand yeah. that. Well, I think that's, if that's what they're driving, using to drive a wedge between the two of them, I would get that. A lot yeah. of couples break up because like people aren't able to, understand their relationship they have with their family and or they need a different relationship from mm-hmm. their partner and their partner's family. So I can see that more so than her lecturing him all of a sudden about the way in which he vigilantes. Yeah. Because that's just so weird in that yeah. left field. It's, it's like for me, that's sort of the device, the divisive line right now between myself and my mom, actually, because she values family TM. Yeah, blood over over everything. It's like, no, mom, I don't care. Yeah, even when those people are negative rather than positives in your life and directly contribute to you feeling bad. so, So my thought is that I should seek out people who contribute to my well-being and who make me feel good about myself rather than people who make that's me feel us. shitty. Yeah. That's you. Yay! New family. Found family. The Found family, family that I choose. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so I think if, if I was trying to be with someone who valued their blood family full stop over everyone else, I, I think maybe we would have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. Because I, Especially if they then tried to get you to do the same with yours. Yeah, like Without I got fully understanding the relationship. Shitty family members that I have no desire to have in my life on the day to day. Yeah. And we would definitely fight about that. Yeah. Anyway, I'm not excited about where it's going. And how dare she go to his father's church knowing oh. how he feels about that man? Yeah, that was weird. Fuck you. <coughs> I, I really, yeah, because I feel like part of it is just for television, things always have to be so ramped up. Yeah. Because I feel like if it was me and I was trying to talk to my, my person, about something that they didn't really want to hear. You know, you find ways to come at it from the side. Mm-hmm. You know, where you start something like, you tell the story about how you never had the opportunity to, re- to reconnect with your dad. Right. 
and you say something like, you know, if, if I was in your shoes and I had the opportunity to reconnect, I would regret it later. So, you know, maybe that's something that you would want to think about, or maybe we could or talk about it. Or you just leave it. it. You tell the story, and you leave it, and you let them mm-hmm. think about it, and they come to you. Let it percolate for a while. Yeah. yeah. It's like one of the oldest cliches that you, you can lead the horse to water, but you can't make it drink. And if you try to make it, that horse is going to bite you in the face. I did not know that was I, the back half of that. Yeah, wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, uh, what else happens in this episode? Oh, Luke held the dude upside down. That was great. That was funny. We liked that a lot. And we had... Uh, Honestly, one of the better relationships in television with uh, Shades and I'm terrible and forgot her Mariah. name again, Mariah. And they're just delightful together. And it makes me happy. They are great together, except I'm having a problem because <laughs> Shades is a murderous criminal. Like, straight up, not a good dude. But Mariah's not no, a no, good wait person for it. Wait for it, wait for it. I'm not saying she's, I'm saying <coughs> I get lost in just, I get lost in the way in which he loves her. And forget that he's a murderous criminal. He's a bad guy. Yeah, until somebody starts shit talking, or he's like, like, "I'm always like, well, it's murder time." Yeah, in my head, I'm like, "Oh my god, he loves her so much, and isn't that wonderful?" And like, that's the dream to have someone really like believe in you and stand behind you and always be there for you. And like, how cute is there? And then he like shot that dude in the head for calling her bad words in Spanish. I was like, "Okay, that's right. He's a bad guy. I have to like dial it back." Wait, he shot that guy in the face. Yeah. Look, don't say... I mean, we learned from the first episode, don't say anything about Mariah or he will fuck you up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's nice. It is. Also, his his friend uh, Darius has a very Stupid. uncomfortable nickname. Stupid. Comanche. I apparently missed that. Wow. Yeah, his name is Comanche. Shades <coughs> calls him Chi, Chi, but his real name is Darius. And that huh. is what I will be calling him for the rest of the season. Yes, because uh, you can't just call yourself Comanche. That's, that's nonsense. I'd like to see, you know, your ancestry.com file. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was going to say papers, and I went, don't say that. Yeah, oh, no. No. It was no. there. It was there, and I went, nope, walk that back. <laughs> Pick something else. Yeah. That was, I think that was about it for this episode. Well, she found her daughter. She didn't tell Shades. Shades is nervous now because she's hanging out with her daughter, which I don't think is going to end well. Um, Luke almost killed that guy in front of his family, which, like, I'm down for that guy dying, because he beats both a woman and a child, and he's a gun runner. shouldn't be killing people in general. But, well, I don't care about that. You shouldn't kill in front of his baby, I think. But also, that's just not who he is as a person. Yeah, I think Luke's trying to be a different, a different kind of hero than that. I feel like he, he's, uh, at least in the comics anyway, Luke is, is often used as an allegory to Captain America. You know, that he... Um, wants to be like Steve for his community. You know, he wants to be the one that everybody looks up to. Mm-hmm. And um, can't do that if you're choking men out in front of their children. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. So, so that was awful. So yeah, I feel like it should definitely be if you if you have to make the call to take a life, then it should be something that you have decided clearly and logically, and not something that you just do in the heat of the moment. Yeah. I feel like that is not who Luke wants to be. Yeah. He doesn't want to be that stereotype of the angry black man. You know, he doesn't want to, he wants to be better than that for, especially just in that moment, in the microcosm, just for that boy who looked up to him. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully he stood up and said, I'm sorry about the excessive violence. I will now take him to the police where he belongs. Yes. Take him to the police. And then walk him out the door. Yeah, we're also like watching this scene going, you have to bust up her whole apartment. Her whole apartment. She, that's her bookcase and her (laughs) private table. And those were lamps. They were just standing there. Yeah, that's always weird about superhero fights. Like. Luke's a powered guy, like, he could Go just outside. grab, or just grab that dude, he hold throw him, him around. literally just hold him up. <laughs> yeah, and what's that guy gonna do? Nothing. 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 
<laughs> well. So I am a little bit concerned about the Shades and Mariah because, I mean, they're both on the same page of trying to turn their criminal enterprise into something that's legit on paper so that they can't, they can't be taken down for it. But Mariah needs to talk to him about her still trying to run for office or whatever it is that she's trying to do. You gotta leave the boy. I don't think she's trying to run for office. I think she literally is just trying to, like, reappear in society as a good person again. Mm-hmm. Um... But definitely, she needs to go. Oh yeah, I reached out my, to my daughter because of this. Otherwise, yeah, don't don't spring that weird. on your lover. Yeah, your lover. <laughs> 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 okay, over on the other side of Netflix, we have a uh, Jessica Jones and a flashback episode, which I was not excited about. I hate flashback episodes. What? And for I the first, third, I do. I just I don't have time for that bullshit. It's funny. Oh, you, you know Jackie. why? It's because. So it was a character development. Oh, there's no forward momentum. There's no forward momentum. Yeah, it's boring. And I was real checked out on this for like a third of the way through. And then I was like, oh, fuck, this is sick. And then I was very excited. At what point did you check back in? Uh, when her mom started like creeping around on her and then beat her boyfriend's head into the wall. And I was like, oh, my God. I hope that wasn't the part that was sick. This changes everything. You're a weird kid. No, because, I mean, that's such a, like, <clears throat> a, a twist I did not see coming. Because it made no sense that if her mom knew about this, like, ten years ago, why are we only learning about it now? But it makes a lot of sense in the context of, oh, her mom, like, hulked out, killed her at-the-time boyfriend, and then went back to the doctor and said, okay, you're right. I am not in control of my emotions because mm-hmm. of this procedure. You need to keep me away from the world. Mm, yeah. And it it just like it really it it built forward momentum as you said for the story in a flashback which I'm not usually expecting. Mm. See, I love flashbacks uh, mostly because flashbacks are a good time to pull out wigs. Wigs are always fun. <laughs> my god. Trish had a great wig this episode. Jessica's wig was garbage. It was very terrible. But she got her jacket, so that's cool. Yes. Though, um, you know, I can't, I went back and forth on the boyfriend so much. Like, at first I thought he was great, and then I thought he was garbage, and then I thought he was great, and then I thought he was garbage again. We landed on him being great garbage. Yes. He seems like he's pretty shady, but, you know, he's a, basically the same amount of shady as Jessica. He's yeah. a con man. Yeah. Shady. But he seemed to be on the level with her. With her. Which we liked. And as, as much as his mom took that conversation... And Her the, mom. What? I say his mom? Yep. Oh. As much, yeah, as much as Jessica's mom took that conversation in the wrong way, I, I honestly think that it's very possible that he was stalling for time. Oh, yeah. And then just after it'd be like, girl, we got to get out of town. Let's go to... Or... Delaware Girl, or do you want to be muscle for light jobs? Yeah. And yeah. I think that she loves him enough legitimately, like you said... She would do it. She would stop when it got too messy, but, like, they would have had a... Con- I believe that they would have had a conversation. Yeah. yeah. Because depending on the job and, you know, how much money they could get and what it involved, she might be down. Yeah. Yeah, and it's... I don't know. He, as you said, was not a good dude, but I think he did actually care about her. Same. Yes. So that makes it, you know, a real tragedy. Yeah. And I completely understand why she would say, no, I cannot forgive you, and then punch her in the face. I liked a little bit more background between um, her and between Jess and Trish. That was nice that to was see, nice. yeah. Because, like, I get that they are, they consider themselves to be sisters and best friends, but you don't get to see it that often because mm-hmm. Jess is so prickly. 
But this was nice to kind of see Jess um, before she got really prickly. Like, she was still a little prickly because she's Jessica. But, like, it was nice to see, you know, where it seems they always break at the same point. And it's just because they don't, for whatever reason, their biggest fear is losing each other. So then they inevitably push each other away and figure yeah. it out later. And that's really sad. But. Well, yeah, and it was nice seeing Jess be the one there for Trish, basically. Yeah. Because yeah. the entire first season and, you know, so far into this one, it's mostly Trish being there for Jess. Yeah. And you, it, it's good to see the, oh, it actually does run both ways prior to Purple Man showing up mm-hmm. and just fucking everything up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that I liked a lot to get to see that the two of them are both fuck ups. Because, yeah, at the stage where she is now, Trish, okay, before she started doing this inhaler, whatever it is. She was clean, and she, she was solid. She, she had, Yeah, she had her shit together. She had a good job. She's got a great apartment. She seems like she's on the ball. And then Jess is just always the constant, you know, screw up. Yeah. So it was, and like we, we had gotten mentioned about how Trish used to be on drugs, but getting to actually see it and see the two of them, like, be shitty to each other at like an equal level, but then support each other mm-hmm. at an equal level was really great. Yeah. And it does, it does really reinforce how they feel about each other and mm-hmm. where their relationship comes from. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, it's funny because like I was saying on Slack, I, a third of the way and I was like, man, this is boring. I just do not care. And then like five minutes later, I'm like, no, this is great. I'm super checked in. And the rest of the episode was amazing. And I'll tell you, I started to get a little concerned that this was going to end with Purple Man. That this was going to, because that the flashback was going to lead us all the way up to the point where she ran into him. And I started getting really nervous. But that didn't happen. So yay. Because I know he's in this season and I'm just waiting. Yeah. Yeah. I I think it's just going to be random PTSD flashbacks. Because it, it would be weird to have... I feel that was so well-developed in the first season. It'd be strange to have an entire flashback actually lead to that point versus just kind of snippets here and there. Mm-hmm. But, um, I don't know. No, no, no. That makes sense. I think that's it for this episode. Yeah, it was not much super happened. Although we did find out that, like, it kind of does seem like the doctor a is good a good dude who's using very shady medicine uh, to try to help the world. Which he knows is shady. Yeah. He say the word illegal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I was proud of him. So they did They did frame that poor dude for that nurse's murder, which sucks. Yeah. Pretty much, dude. So <laughs> Jessica went to see him in jail, and he seems like... Oh, the... Developmentally disabled or something. Guy. Yeah. Yeah. And they just... He's just going to be in jail forever for that woman's murder. Yeah. Which, like, if he was a guy who had killed six other women and we just pinned one more on him, that's fine. But this guy seems like he didn't hurt anybody. Yeah. We don't know that. I mean, we don't know that. Yeah, but I mean... No. No. No, without (laughs) having any other context, assume the best. All right, buddy. People are dope. I'm just kidding. No, no. All things being equal, people are dope. People are dope? Dope. I disagree. (laughs) People are selfish creatures, firstly. That's what you have to remember. They can be dope. I think it's a spectrum. No. And they are dope and maybe selfish. Yeah, the two are not usually exclusive. I believe that it is selfish and maybe dope. It's it's a Venn diagram, and we're all kind of in the middle somewhere. It's like the Vicky Mendoza scale. Yeah. It's it's, it's (laughs) crazy. Selfish and dope. Love it. Okay. 
<laughs> the Kenneth Kaltrick scale. I like that. I'm, I'm way in the selfish range. No, we gotta so. find someone, like, an, uh, an actor or character who is super selfish, but it's the Barney oh, Miller No, line. it's the Susan Sarandon scale. No, I don't want anything named after her. She's pissing me off. She's not dope. She's never been dope. Barney Miller was dope. And selfish. And, and selfish. And that could make it's sense. Barney- and it would actually work well with, with the, the uh, Vicky Mendoza, Mendoza scale. Yeah, okay. Scale. So it's the Barney Miller scale. <laughs> is his last name Miller? Stinson. Barney Stinson scale. Yeah, Barney Miller sounds familiar, though. I think I'm just thinking of No, Barney Miller was an old-timey... It was the cop show. show. Cop show. Oh, I'm thinking... The guy and the kid and the fishing and had the song I'm not going to sing. Was it in any way related to Andy Griffith? No, you're thinking about Andy Griffith. I am, but Barney Miller was his hapless deputy. Okay, yes, yeah. Boom. (laughs) Up top. We did it. Anyway, the Barney Stinson scale is the selfish Selfish to dope dope line. You just gotta find somebody who's slightly right more dope than selfish. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but or if you're like real dope but not that selfish, you can find someone who's super selfish and not that dope. And then you like can't each other. Out. <laughs> that was a beautiful face. I keep. I know. I keep getting like, them. Inhaling too. the orange peels. Ugh. I think a full peel would have been a better <laughs> idea. It is a nice flavor. Until oh, that's the bottom very of it. good. Yeah. Anyway. We're drinking bourbon with orange peel in it. Right. Yep. What's up okay. next? Oh, um, it's cloak and dagger. Time to tell Kenneth a story. Hooray. I'm cloak and dagger. Okay, so real talk. Did anything happen this episode? Mm-hmm. Spoiler, no. You don't know that. I do know because I've watched four episodes of the show and literally nothing happened. Lots well, of stuff happened. Okay, so this week on episode five of Cloak and Dagger. <laughs> Shut your face. Gasp. So this episode was really about how Tandy is getting hella control of her powers and Ty is still struggling to get a hold of his. I mean, there, I feel like there's a scale between the two, like, ooh, light dagger versus, holy shit, teleporting. Teleporting. So she starts, uh, because, you know, future stepdad got shot in the face last week. Aw, R.I.P., Greg. He was a good dude. So she takes all his notes that she, could, that she you know, pulled out of the safe. Mm-hmm. And so she's building up her case against Roxanne. And so she finds that when she touches people, she can sense their hopes. So she basically gets herself a job as, like, escort light. Uh, so she's, like, basically a, like a booth babe for the party. And so she wanders around and just uses that to just touch dudes randomly. Okay. Figuring that she can peek inside their head to see their hopes and hopefully get more information about Roxanne. And so she sees the same dude in a lot of their hopes Including one dude who really wants this, like, this guy who's probably the CEO to blow him. Well, all the guys hate this one guy. Mm-hmm. That he's in all of their hopes, and in all of their hopes, like, they they are denigrating him. Mm-hmm. They hate him. Good word okay. usage. Thank you. I was going to go for also for subjugating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. either. Both, even. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, so yeah, the, the, the last one is this guy sitting at a desk and fantasizing about this guy, Peter Scarborough, like, crawling under his desk, and I'm just like, And then get, both of us are like, oh, oh no! And, like, giving him a blowy. Nice. So then, uh, but because Tandy keeps using her powers, and they're, I guess, connected to ties, he, while she's at this party, it's his championship basketball game. So oh, he no. keeps, like, fritzing. His powers keep turning on and off. Every time she uses his, hers, his, like, like, pulse. So he, like, missed a basketball catch. Because it literally it just, phased, like, phased went through his hands. It phased right <coughs> through his hands. Oh, that sucks. Another one where they went into like a scuffle for the ball. <laughs> and he, like they, and so everybody gets he up. He had the ball. He had the ball. And then it just 
poofed away to nowhere. And, like, bounced down into the party. Because the basketball showed was. up out of nowhere. <laughs> okay. Cool. Cool, cool. Um, oh, but at the, I forgot. At the very beginning of the episode, we see that uh, Tyrone last week went to the police station. Mm-hmm. And he went in to talk to O'Reilly, who was the cop that... The Scarface uh, cop. That yeah, shot his brother, right? No, 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 no. O'Reilly is the lady cop who made oh. friends with Tandy. Okay, okay. Um, the bad cop is Connors. And so, uh, O'Reilly, right. yeah, O'Reilly is a real good cop. And so she talks with, with Ty about the, the dude who shot his brother. And so she figures out what she can do to try to build a case against him. And Ooh. she actually pulls in Tandy's ex-boyfriend, the one that she bailed on, and was like, hey, I know you're in a really shitty situation. Give me all the information you can. And basically makes you a deal with him, yeah, so that he can get out. That makes me happy, because that guy got a he, bum rap. He also knows now that he got a bum <laughs> rap and kind of got screwed by Tandy, and, yeah. like, he's mad about it, but I don't think, I don't, he might, like, find her and yell at her, but um, he's aware that yeah. he needs this cop to mm. help him out. So let me get to- Also, it's chili spaghetti night. Apparently in prison, they have a chili spaghetti night. Oh. Um, ew, one, chili spaghetti is the shit. No, it sounds What like is chili shit. spaghetti? Is it's, it spaghetti noodles in chili, or is it spaghetti with chili on top? It, it's spaghetti, but instead of normal sauce, you have chili. It, dude, it's hella good. Yeah, but, like, okay. I don't like chili, so, meh. I might try it, because I like both okay. of those things. We're gonna have... Ch- we're gonna have a night for this. Okay. You're gonna come over. You're not invited. When we get drunk and bum. watch Legion. Yeah. Oh my god, yes. Legion and chili spaghetti. Yeah. Everything There's no way this cannot <laughs> yes. end without just technicolor weird shit on the wall. Right. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay home and watch a scary movie. I mean you two are not invited. Also shout out uh I know what you podcasted last summer. Yeah. You just watch Heritage and that movie's terrifying. It was called Hereditary. We may never know what it's called. <laughs> okay. So, um, I think for me, one of the most interesting parts about this episode was that Tyrone, as he's playing through the end of their basketball game, the ref keeps, like, siding with his team and keeps calling fouls that seem like bullshit, even to me, and I don't know much about basketball. Mm-hmm. And so, Even to Tyrone. At one point, somebody's called for Tyrone, and Tyrone's like, what the shit, ref? Like, he hates it. Weird. Okay. So then, it's at, like, the very end of the game, there's, like, you know, 12 seconds left on the shot clock, and he's... Well, he's also seen a bunch of... He saw the ref's fear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, as he's going through, he keeps touching the other players and seeing all of their fears, mostly a lot of them involving, like, their dads beating the shit out of them, or random dudes beating the shit out of and them. And the ref's fear was he was gonna get his knees broken by a bookie. Oh, wow. So Tyrone okay. figures out that he's rigging the game because he's in some trouble. Uh-huh. One of the kids, his dad is going to beat him up. Another one is terrified if he's not good at basketball, he won't get a scholarship. He'll have to join the army and get shot at. Dude, who does, like, bookie gambling on high school basketball? I think bookies gamble on everything. Yes. Wow. Probably that there guy was an entire episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine where Pimento bet on the national dog championship thing. Well, That's at least crazy. national That's and not like a high school. Yeah. So then, <coughs> so yeah. So Tyrone sees that all of these other kids are terrified of losing this game. It's like really scary stuff. Not just like it's I'm a game. Lose, yeah. So he comes up to the line and goes to take his shot and misses on purpose. But he misses in a way where it looks like he could have made it because mm-hmm. the whole episode they talk about his drop shot. Your drop shot's so good. Yeah, your brother was great. With his feet, but your drop shot and defense are so wonderful. Like, da-da-da, drop shot, drop shot, drop shot, da-da-da. Okay, but, like, what about what all of his 
teammates are afraid of. Well, the thing, also the thing to keep in mind is like that, that his team is private school, so that so they're me, probably all going to be fine. Means money. The other team is a public school, yeah. So probably if they can't get a scholarship, they're done. That's yeah. Also, half of his team beat him in a fucking actually. Room, yeah, you so don't. Never mind. Fuck yeah, those guys. Fuck those guys. Yeah, you're right. It's only okay. because the white kid who was the leader of beating him in the locker room was like, "Hey, you're playing a lot better. Let's like forgive and forget, bro." And I was like, oh, fuck face. But his awesome girlfriend um, comes to his house, like, sneaks into his bedroom after the game. Well, so, sorry, sorry. My favorite part, my favorite part is Tyrone, like, misses the shot in a way where it's like, oh, pressure, he's, like, a kid, whatever. But he kind of sees his team, like, being mad and for a second is like, oh, fuck, what have I done? But then he sees the other team like, happy and celebrating, and he sees the, like, relief on the one ref's face, and then has this tiny little smile just for him, and I was like, remember this, Tyrone. This is how you can help people. Mm-hmm. So that was really nice. And then his awesome girlfriend. Yes. Because uh, earlier in the episode, he gave his girlfriend his Letterman jacket. Which apparently is very sweet. Did that happen at your high school? Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, you would loan that shit out. Nah, nobody really did that at my high school. My high school was super focused on academics, though, so nobody really gave a shit about any of our um, physical football, (coughs) baseball, whatever teams. Well, see, it was weird. Like, our high school was very multicultural, but then, like, you could letter, and it was exciting to letter for a lot of different stuff. Like, I triple lettered, and it was... In what, please? uh, Theater, jazz choir, and marching band. What the fuck? Wait. You can't letter in theater? Wait, wait, uh, no. I stuck on jazz choir. Would you, was it like, was it like singing jazz and then like, with like fingers? Ew, did you do ska? Oh, yeah. Which is the one I hate? No, scat. Jazz. Scat. I hate, I hate both of them. Yeah. <laughs> ska is like cherry pop and daddies. <laughs> you wouldn't know it from my shrieky voice, but I'm bass in jazz choir. Yeah. No, I do not believe I'm that. I'm all. What the fuck? I'm down here. <laughs> we like lettered, but you had to letter in like jazz class sport. Oh no, you could letter in everything in my high school. <laughs> oh my god, that's hilarious! <laughs> Triple lettered. Okay. Anyway, he gave his jacket to his now girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so it's uh, Avita. Her name's Avita. Avita. Terrible. I, think he calls her I don't think they said her <laughs> name out loud. But yeah, so then after he blows the game he comes home and he's like a little bummed but then she's like literally in his bed and is like With oh the hey. jacket on yeah she's like, she's like hey, you uh you left your window unlocked you should like lock that or something Aww. and he goes oh i guess this is nice of you to give me my jacket back in private and she's like what the fuck bro <laughs> basically she was like you're so dense and then he is kind of dumb mm-hmm. but she's like yeah no i know i know what you did and i know why you did it and then she like takes the letterman jacket off and she's like naked this is a really cute bra. She, yes. She wasn't naked because she she's had a, a teenager. Bra. Yes. She's a very cute bra. And then they had sex. But <gasps> or or they did stuff. Yes. Okay. So immediately cut to black because these are teenagers. They're teenagers. And then she was still there in the morning, but she was wearing her outfit. Mm-hmm. But he seemed very naked. You can do stuff. I, I and know. And be this naked is... and there doesn't have to be penetration. It doesn't necessarily have to be PIV, but they spent some, some time together doing sexy stuff. I really liked, too, that she... He's so weird about his powers, and he's so weird about living up to his whole family, and he feels like no one except Tandy maybe really sees him. And I really like the way that Evita is like, nope, I see you. I see. I see all those things. And, like, I like that about you. 
You know, like, mm-hmm. he knows he's going to get a lot of shit at school for this <coughs> loss. He's going to get shit from his parents. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. But at least he knows there's one person in his life who saw him see what was wrong in that game. She didn't know about the, like, sadness or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But she saw him reacting to the shitty calls. And she saw him kind of, like, paying attention. So I just like that there's one person in his life other than Tandy who values him. Mm-hmm. And the way that he, like, wanders through the world. And then back on the cop side, we see O'Reilly is working towards trying to find information on Connors. And so she lets him, you know, quote unquote, discover her doing coke. <laughs> She's like doing a line in like a storage room. And we're like, girl, what are you, you're supposed to be a good one. And then like Connors bursts in and we're like, oh, I see. Mm. So she's like, obviously, she's got like the real Coke off to the right side and then the fake Coke off to the left side. She's like doing a line of baby powder. Yeah. Which stings, but is not cocaine. It will not get you high. I feel like sugar is a better call. Oh, no. No, it's not baby powder. It's baby milk. Oh, it's powdered milk. It's powdered milk. Oh, okay. It's not baby powder because that's, that's not good. That's talcum powder. It'll dry yeah, it's up like, your whole don't fucking do that. No, it's, um, <laughs> they, they cops use, uh, Powdered milk. milk because it's biodegradable and it's okay. And it won't kill you to put up your nose. And then, like, they swap stories about being terrible cops. <laughs> She's like, yeah, this is this, I got this great Coke. You know, I steal it from the girls at the clubs and there's no paperwork, yada, yada. It's the only like, way to do it and they won't notice. So they, so she's making inroads on becoming his friends that she gets. So basically, he's nice. like, we should go on a ride together. And she's like, I mean, if you can keep up. Like, she did good with him. Like, it was, you know, because there's, like, this flirtiness, but also, like, cop banter. Yeah. yeah. So that, so that, so she's letting him know that she's amenable to doing coke, doing illegal stuff, or possibly boning. Whatever he wants to do. Yeah. Which is great. Cool. Okay. And what else? What else? Um, oh, so Tandy finds the, the guy at the head of, they were calling it their, like, crisis management team. Sure. Which, for me, sounds like murder. Yeah. It's wet works. That's what that yeah. is. And Peter Scarborough. Peter Scarborough. And then when she touches him, she discovers that his hope involves pulling bodies out of the river and then taking money from them. Well, so, yeah, so, like, he's running the top of all this thing, right? So his what? hope, he's, he's in the gulf. Because they're in Louisiana. So he's Mm -hmm. in the Gulf and he's wandering around with like an ice chest taped to his waist. And he's picking up like crab catchers and they're just full of wads and rolls of money. And um, so we're just like, okay, that's weird. And then he pulls up another, you know, there's like a crab catcher balloon or whatever. Pulls up another one. It's a dead fucking body from the um, oil rig that went down. Like an oil rig worker that he's like pulled up and then starts rifling through the dude's pockets and pulling out cash from all these like dead bodies. This is his hope. Like this, yeah, this is, is his, his fear. This is his dream world. Yep. And Guy's then got ambition. She watches I and like one that. of them wakes up <coughs> and isn't dead. And then in his hope, <coughs> he strangles him to death. Seems nice. Yeah, he seems great. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Oh, yeah, so she, yeah, she played the lost teenage girl card and pulled up out front of his house and was like, my phone died and I have a flat tire. Can I use your your phone? And he's like, no, you should, you should know how to change a tire. And so then he, like, goes out and changes her tire. Like a complete weirdo. He's a dad. That was a dad move. Yeah, that doesn't, dad, that doesn't seem, seem that weird to super me. weird. He was weird about it. Okay, like, but, yeah. She like, shows up and she's like, can I borrow your phone? He's like, no. And then he moves to, like, shut the door in her face. 
but then was just grabbing a flashlight and was like, you should know how to change your own tire, and then, like, takes her out there and they change. He was actually very nice, but he's a fucking sociopath. Yeah. Well, because it, it reminded me, again, of the way that people who are rotten at the core, like, find ways in which to validate their bad actions by then also doing good things. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a story about um, Son of Sam on when he was out before, he, like, the third night he was out killing people. Before he shot somebody that night, he helped a bunch He helped a bunch of teenagers push their stuck car out of a snowdrift. And, like, he had fantasies about saving people from a burning building. But then he also went out and shot people in the face. So weird. Right? People are messed up. So. Just play more video games. What we've discovered is Tandy's got a super good handle on her power. Mm-hmm. But her powers affect Ty's powers. Mm-hmm. Which isn't great. And also his girlfriend's great. She also shared with him about how she jumped off that pier and, like, used near-death experience to try to... Trigger, trigger her, her power powers. to better figure out how to control it. And so then... Is that how she spun it? Because it definitely looked like she was just trying to kill herself. No, she told him she was trying to kill herself. Okay. Yeah, no, yeah, she, yeah. she said, I almost killed myself. <laughs> and then he was like, what? And she was like, I jumped off a pier. And once I got there, it was like all of my problems weren't anything. And then it appeared and I got out of it. Mm-hmm. So now she's got a real handle on her problem. So it appeared. Oh my god! Am I right? Come no. on, get out! I want off the podcast. Ha <laughs> ha! You're stuck here. And so then, so then, um, while she's at the party, and he teleports to her at halftime, and is like, "Oh yeah, how do I get home?" <laughs> he's in the, he's in like the showers, and he puts like a towel over his face, and then all of a sudden he's at the party in his like outfit, dripping in sweat, and she's like, "What the fuck, bro?" So in order to send him back, she's like, you need a near-death experience. And she throws him off a balcony. She pushes him off a balcony. And he falls into, like, a fountain thing. And like we're a like, reflecting pool. what uh, the fuck, Tandy? And then, what like. What if that did not work? She kind of, she kind of, like, she kind of, like, glances and then, like, looks over. And, like, nobody pops out of the fountain. And then he appears back in the locker room soaking wet. Like, how are you going to spin this? You were just really sweaty. Just, so sweaty. And showered with all his clothes on. <laughs> But yes, so they're they're both making inroads on trying to master their powers, which I think is going to be really good. And then um, we're moving, ma- making swords. Wow, making strides to taking down Connors, the bad day, bad cop. With okay. cop backup. Yes. Cool. 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 And that's that. That's this week on Cloak and Dagger. Cool. Wait, and uh, over to Preacher All right, Pal. So I know you guys probably remember this fucking show and it's how weird. it happened. Weird it is. I experienced yes. like, it. Legion is just balls to the walls strange. It's in a weird time period. It jumps. You never know if anything is linear. Mm-hmm. And everything is like weirdly colored and confusing. But this show is a different kind of weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's just a strange group of people doing weird stuff together. So as we ended last year, Tulip got shot and she was dying. Jesse wouldn't let Cassie cast. Jesse wouldn't let Cass bite her and turn into a vampire. They loaded up her car. Yeah, fuck you. And drove into the bayou. Vampire racist. Vampire racist. So this show is (coughs) half... Well, actually, the whole first, like, 20 minutes is um, Jesse's plantation home and, like, what was going on with, it turns out, his mom. So his mom worked there. Uh, Mama Marie, who is his grandmother... Was doing, like, voodoo magic shit with people. Mm-hmm. Solving problems. Um, and his mom tried to run away. And the two workers who work with Mama Marie and were torturing Jesse in the episode where we saw his past where they put him in that 
like waterproof coffin and threw him mm-hmm. in the yeah. fucking bayou. Those two dudes were there, and they hunted her down and brought her back. And <laughs> Mama Marie is a bad person. Um, Jesse's mom ate a photo that she was hiding from her mother, um, and it was a picture of baby Jesse and the dad. And um, Mama Marie wanted it, and she's like, "We well, can't have it. I bet you want to know what that is, you B-word. And I was like, don't tempt your crazy grandma. And she sliced open her own daughter. Like, had oh the two God. boys hold her down and cut into her belly and took the photo out of her to, like, look at it. Cool. That was gross. Okay. So that was her mom. And then Jesse shows up with Cass at the house and uh, basically tells Mama Marie... I want her alive, and I will do anything. And I was like, don't say that to a voodoo priestess. That's like only a bad plan. A lot. there was a vampire like right that there. could do this without being right your crazy family. Yeah. Yes. So nobody's in the house at first, and Jesse, Cassie, Cass is confused as to why we're here, and he's pissed because he Jesse won't let him save Tulip. So he throws in Jesse's face that they bone down. Which is like, don't tell Jesse that. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. So like, Jesse didn't know until Jesse this point, didn't right? know yeah. until this moment because oh, Jesse, they were fighting about who loved her or whatever. Fortunately, he is a balanced and well developed. Right. And oh yeah, Jesse never, never flies off the handle. No, he never gets crazy jealous. No, yeah. and he definitely does not react <laughs> to anything emotionally. Nope. No. Nope. So, That's not his thing. <laughs> basically. Cass was like, I loved her, and, you know, she cared about us. And then Jesse goes, yeah, she did. She liked you a lot. And then you can just see Cassie's whole, Cass's face just, like, change. And he goes, yeah, she did like me. She liked me so much, she shagged me in the back of her car. And then he, like, started talking about it. And I was like, don't. So they got into a fight. But at least Jesse knows, I guess. I mean, I guess that's out of the I guess, but also, fight. like, I'm really tired of the two of them fighting. Yeah. I'm tired of all three of them fighting. Friends. Yeah, I just want this them to dumb. road trip and, and do weird mm-hmm. shit. Yes. So, the main points <laughs> of the episode are, he says yes to Mama Cass is anything. Mama Marie. Mama Marie. They say yes to each other. He has to leave with one of the guys to go get a transport something. It doesn't matter. While he's gone, shocking no one, Mama Marie puts together a potion of a bunch of, like, um... Tulip's hair and nail clippings and, like, gross skin off the bottom of her foot and, like, <laughs> mixes it into, like, a drink and then, like, drinks it. And then I threw up and had to walk around the house for a second. Ugh. And then, um, so that was re- really weird. And I was like, that feels like it's not great. Um, Cass is supposed to go out and get a bunch of stuff that Tulip loves because Tulip's in purgatory. And if they surround her with things she likes, it'll remind her to try to be alive. Mm-hmm. So they're doing their stuff. Tulip is in purgatory, and it's basically she's hanging out in her old house with her, like, six-year-old self, eight-year-old self, and Weird. it's just a lot of, like, her dad coming home from prison, and, like, conversations they had, and her mom showing up and being a jerk face, and then basically how her dad died, which was apparently in a huge police standoff with, like, helicopters and TV oh, great. crews and okay. stuff. Um, meanwhile, her mom is in the bedroom, like, turning tricks for money, loudly. And her daughter is, like, in the living room playing with a gun. Tulip's life was hard, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds rough. Okay. So okay. all this is going down, and Tulip is trying to figure out, like, what the next step is. And then she starts seeing all the things that she loves that Cass brought. It's, like, that dumb blueberry cereal and her favorite beer and packs of smokes. And then Jesse and Cass got into a fight about what her favorite music was because, you know, only one of them can love her. And so they start playing the music, and she starts cluing in, and eventually they find a way to get her back. 
So Tulip wakes up. Oh, yay. And she's not dead. It's very exciting. Good. They good, sewed good. up her bullet wound, and she wakes up, and Jessie's the first one she sees, and she's really happy. And then it was, I'm, like, worried about it, but she sees Cass, and, like, she's just, like, really joyously happy to see Cass. And I'm like, that doesn't bode well for anything. Trouble. Because, well, because Mama Marie, while Jesse was gone, told Cass that because he brought her, her Jesse back, he could ask something of her. Uh-oh. Oh, shit. And then he, she goes, whatever you want, anything you want, while they're, like, standing over Tulip. And he kind of, like, looks at Tulip and then looks back at Mama Marie. And I'm like, oh, no. And then they cut to black. Yeah, and then it like scene change. So for all we know, later on he's gonna be like, "I want Tulip to love me," and then she's gonna I put a power spell. I think hope no, not. I don't think so because he's like he's a shitty person. He's not that shitty. I don't. Yeah, like I think that he would be tempted, <coughs> but I don't think he would do it because yeah. he wants her to pick him. Yeah, and that's not picking him. Yeah, yeah, that's so, cheating at that point. I think the show is trying to like trick us or something, yeah. or just say like. We're going to see what kind of a band Cass is. Well, because, like, if you had somebody who has the kind of magic who could give you literally anything, wouldn't you say, I don't want to be a vampire anymore? Because he seems to be pretty over being a vampire. I don't get that from him. Okay. I yeah, I don't, I, I don't think he wants to not have be other vampire. vampires. But Yeah, I think he wants, like, the <coughs> vampire population to stay kind of chill. Because okay. he's flying okay. under the radar. Mm-hmm. And if they start picking people like his crazy son... Yeah. Then, you know, fucking people Dennis. Fucking Dennis, will start hunting him. And he's just, like, chilling out, living his coked-out vampire life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but there's a lot of other stuff he could ask for. Or, like, maybe one day he'll be in a real jam, and he'll have to come back to Mama Marie and keep that in his back pocket. Ooh, or maybe you could ask for sun immunity. Sun immunity! Get him a ring, like, on the vampire day. Yes! Yeah. Make, me a, make me a daylight ring. Okay, so, Tulip is awake. Um, she's really happy to see... Cass, which is great for Cass's feelings, but the next scene is Jesse cleaning up in a bathroom, and he looks into, like, a bedroom, and, um, Tulip is asleep, being all, like, cute and tulipy, and lined up next to her in the bed is Cassie. Cass! Cassidy. Cassidy. Where is Cassie coming from? I think Cass, from? Cassie, Jess, and Jesse, and I'm, like, getting Jesse and Cass, like, mixed up. Okay. Cassidy is what I'm gonna call him from now on. Yes. But Cassidy is not in bed with, but they're sleeping in the same bed together. Mm-hmm. And there was a moment where Jesse like remembered that they had boned down together, and I was like, "Great, I don't no, it's okay. Fucking he will this handle this so well." I'm sure. I'm definitely sure. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then he's downstairs drinking, and the episode ends. He's downstairs drinking, and Mama Marie shows up and is like, "So we have a deal. Anything I want, you owe me. I'm so happy you're home." And he basically is like, "I could owe you." Or I could kill you and not have to worry about it. Uh-oh. I think I know where this is going. And she, like, without saying anything, she literally just goes, <laughs> well, think about that. You could do it. But who knows what might happen to things and people that you love. Oh. And I was like, that fucking potion yep. of tulip body parts yep. has tied their life essences together. Yep. So if he kills Mama Marie, tulip might die. Yeah. Yep, yep, like, yep. God damn it. So that's how the episode ended. We're stuck at this fucking plantation. This is going to be season three. Oh, yeah. It's going to be the three of them fighting over who gets to fuck who instead of just being a thruple like they fucking should be. And yeah. it's going to be them trying to figure out how to weasel out of this deal with Mama Marie. Because honestly, I feel like, I feel like 
Cass would, wouldn't need too much persuading to just have a Cass threesome. Cass is straight up pansexual. Yeah. That guy doesn't give a yeah, shit. Yeah, he is DTF. I yeah. legit, if Jesse was a nicer person to him, or if Jesse was, didn't keep so many secrets, if he didn't have such a high horse, if he wasn't such a lecturer, like if he was a little softer in certain portions of his personality, Cass would be in love with both of them. Yes. It's simple. Like, in a second. But he's tough, Jesse. And, you know, Jesse's the straightest fucker I've ever seen. But if they could just bend a little. Yes. The ruffle. Um, there was, Eiffel Tower. Eiffel Tower. Oh, my God. There was one moment um, when Tulip was coming back to life where she's running down the plantation, like, driveway. And um, God in the Dalmatian dog outfit is, oh like, God. there. And he's like, Tulip. And she's like, God, is that you? And he's like, yes. And I was like, can we take the mask off? Can we check? Are we sure? Maybe he just has a little voice. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah. So the dog god shows up. And she's like, what the shit? And he goes, I have a job for you. I need you to help me. Like, basically, I need you to help me fulfill my master plan. And I was like, let's ask what that is. Yes, can we get deets? Can we get deets before I sign up for anything? But because it's God or whatever, she's going to be like, okay. So (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's what happened. It didn't really, like, he didn't give any of the details, obvi, but they had a conversation. Mm -hmm. And he has tasked her with a job. And so she kind of, like, shot awake right after. He was like, I need your help with my Master God dog plan. There's no way this goes well. No, no. This is going to go poorly. Cool, cool, cool. Um, I am kind of excited to watch it, and you should watch this episode so that we can do the Yeah, I should catch up on it. It was weird. Oh, one episode. Yeah. Anyway. Cool. And that was Preacher. This was fun. I like this. That was fun. Well, we both really like telling stories. Yes. And hearing our own voices. <laughs> Poor Kenneth was yawning through both of them. I don't even care. I did. Well, it's not. He's tired. Yeah. I don't even care. I had a good time telling the story of Preacher episode one, season three. I'm, I'm honestly looking forward to hearing Preacher as told by Monica this season. Yeah. It's only going to get crazier, and I embellish stories, so. You? What? No. What? Go on. Brand no. new information. <coughs> okay, well, that was Bam Pow, and yes. we are back next week with, I think, just all of these all, again. Those four again. And are we going to recap Ant-Man and the Wasp, or do you want us to do it? Well, I will, you have I will seen it? not have seen it at that point, so I will not be joining you. What if we recorded after you saw it? That would work. Okay. Yes. As a separate podcast, like we always do. All right. We All right, always do. I know. I'm not fighting you on that. What's happening? <laughs> All right, Kenneth, wrap this shit up. <laughs> so we'll be so back hot. next week with all four of these episodes and Ant Man and the Wasp. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time, same bam time, same pal channel. Bam pal! Hello and welcome <laughs> to Bam Pow TV, your wiki. Oh my god. We Netflix, Admin and Loss, and the wiki <laughs> Oh, <coughs> so my Satan juice. Just, L's and P's. You're done with them. All Nancy. of them. L's and P's. None of them. <laughs>